Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, this week, Craig got to choose the movie. This is a film from my childhood that my sisters and I watched quite a bit. We had it on VHS, maybe recorded from the video store, maybe recorded from TV, I'm not sure. Uh, But it is 1990s Arachnophobia, executive produced by Steven Spielberg and Frank Marshall and directed by Frank Marshall. This movie came out in the theaters, and at the time, I remember it being pretty big deal. Yeah. It was the first movie to come out under Disney's Hollywood Pictures production, which is one of the studios that they created so that they could put out more adult-oriented movies. Touchstone Pictures is another one. As a kid, this I just remember this movie being such a big deal. We watched it constantly. We all knew it. We all talked about it. And it seems like... it. Oh, and it's... By the way, there are a ton of stars in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody in this movie, which, by the way, there are like a hundred characters. Yeah. And every single one of them you will recognize. Yeah. It's, from something. It's nuts. It's crazy. And I have great feelings about it. I've always had great feelings about it. Yet, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem like anybody talks about this movie anymore. Which I don't understand at all. Right? First of all, I picked this movie because it was a request. It was actually a request from my personal friend Rob who is a relatively new fan of the show and uh, he messaged us uh, on our Facebook page and this was one of the movies that he thought that we would have fun talking about and as soon as he mentioned it I was like yeah I can't believe we haven't done it yet I mean this is you and I you know I it came out in 1990 so We were adolescents, you know, early teens or whatever. But just like you, I remember it being big. And and because there were so many big-name people in it, um, I think one of the bigger names at the time... I mean, Jeff Daniels is the main character, even though he doesn't show up until 20 minutes into the movie. But Julian Sands is in it. He was fresh off of the Warlock franchise, and he was popping up everywhere. I think, if I remember correctly, that the trailers heavily featured John Goodman. Yes. Yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> it, you know, at the time, I think was probably best known for Roseanne, which was a show that I loved, uh, and he was great in it. And uh, this whole movie could be considered a horror comedy, and it it is funny, but Goodman's character is specifically comic relief. Um, and he's just kind of goofy, like he plays cocky, confident, but it, it's hilarious. John Goodman is actually a Harvard-trained actor. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this man, this man is incredibly talented and, and has you know, has proven that he's, he's played lots of comedic roles, but he's played dramatic roles as well. And he's just, and he's great in this movie, but yeah, I feel like it was heavily promoted. And so when Rob requested it, um, I was really excited to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I wasn't disappointed. You know, I forgot really kind of what a big production it was. I forgot that Steven Spielberg was attached to it. Frank Marshall is a huge producer. He's produced probably hundreds of movies. He's only directed a handful. One of his other directorial, I, I think the only other one that I've seen is Congo, which, 
I didn't remember being a very good movie. Mm. But you said it's Hollywood Studios. It's also an Amblin Entertainment yeah. production. Mm-hmm. And I Amblin did some great movies, um, especially in the 80s and 90s. Like I said, I mean, gosh, just just about every face you see in this movie, you will recognize from something else. And it's crazy. Yeah, and, and it's it's shot super well like yeah <laughs> just some really interesting camera angles and um of course it's a spider movie and uh, they took great care with these spiders uh and they also like the safety of the spiders which kind of seems <laughs> <laughs> you know from my cynical perspective like ugh, they're spiders who cares like <laughs> right when they when they're done in the scene stomp them like <laughs> <laughs> but no they went to extreme lengths to ensure the safety of these hundreds of spiders that they use just so many fun shots of spiders creeping along because, and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but it really works in the creepy way because spiders, especially potentially deadly spiders as these spiders are, they're kind of an invisible predator. And, you know, we know logically that there are spiders all around us all the time. <laughs> and they're just really good at hiding and not drawing attention to themselves and this movie you know capitalizes on that so much and and like i said i was just really happy to revisit it and i was not disappointed it was it's a fun movie it is a fun movie what is it that john goodman's character in here it's at some point he rattles off and says there's something like what fifty thousand spiders in the average backyard or something like that oh gosh I, i don't know if that's true if they are man they're really good at hiding plus a lot of them are really really tiny right? They're uh-huh, very yeah. important part of our ecosystem, which is why we shouldn't just crush them indiscriminately. True. Even though if there are like 50,000 of them in your backyard, you must have crushed a lot of them indiscriminately over your lifetime without even knowing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I do know that, you know, and and it's talked about in the movie how, you know, they are essential to controlling the insect population and, you know, without them, we would probably be in big trouble. Um, however, if I see one on my wall, I'm going to squash it because <laughs> they're creepy and I don't like them. If they want to stay hidden, they are more than welcome. <laughs> but show your face and you're done for in my house. <laughs> Fair enough. There's so many of them. It doesn't matter if a few go missing. Is that what you're saying? Right. <laughs> Craig is a friend of the animal world. I am. But, you know, spiders, you know, that's and and mice. I actually think mice are very, very cute. But if they show their face in my house, the traps come out. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then I feel guilty. The, the last time we had a mouse, we set out a trap and, and we got the mouse. And um, oh, this makes me feel really bad. We got the mouse, but it didn't immediately die. So it was alive in the trap. I mean, it was going to mm-hmm. die. It was crushed. But I, <laughs> I very carefully picked up the trap with the uh, live mouse squirming around in it while Alan held open a trash bag. And I, <laughs> I dropped the trap with the live mouse into the trash bag. And I said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Frisbee. I hope Timothy gets his medicine. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow a reference I, to a, another movie that scared the hell out of me when i was a kid oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's a great one i feel like that's practically a horror movie too maybe just for yeah, children we'll get around okay. to it yeah we could we could Maybe during our family-friendly area. Well, this 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 movie is definitely family-friendly. Oh yeah. In fact, I think the that Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg took pains to make sure that this movie, which apparently was originally written as a pretty serious horror movie, yeah. Originally, one of the people involved in the production had said that it was it was so it was almost like it had been written by a computer. That's how formulaic it was. Right. They went through some revisions to the script and it particularly drew inspiration from The Birds and Jaws to to do the tone. Uh, And the key thing is that the main character in the film, who ironically is house, you know, gets besat by spiders at the end, has a fear of spiders. So many people have a fear of spiders. I feel like on that alone, you know, you can base a pretty terrifying horror movie for a lot of people. I don't myself have a fear of spiders, but I think they're pretty creepy looking. Yeah. I generally don't want them crawling on me. Right. Especially the bigger ones. So the film opens up in what I believe, is it South America? Venezuela? I don't remember. I, I don't know. Like a rainforest or something. Yeah. and But beautiful, like beautiful sweeping shots yes. of uh, this rainforest. I mean, it just looks fantastic. I, I, and I don't know what the budget was, but I'm sure it was huge. Um, and it looks like it. It is clean and beautiful, and it just seemed like they could do whatever, whatever they, wanted. they wanted. So they've yeah. got these gorgeous aerial shots um, of uh, this rainforest or whatever it is. It looks great. This was in an era, too, when we didn't have CGI. So, I right. mean, we did, but it was very primitive, uh, very, very right. basic and expensive. So, you know, nowadays, when I watch a movie and I see these lavish locations, 90% of the time I know they're green screened in or heavily su- supplemented with green screen stuff. And these opening scenes in this rainforest were shot in actual rainforest. So it's just gorgeous to see these places and, and think, my goodness, these places actually exist and you could go there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these sweeping shots are just all the more real, I think, uh, when, when you kind of consider that. And then we have Julian Sands, who I remember mostly from Warlock, because mm-hmm. that was another movie around this era that my friends and I would watch a lot and were pretty freaked out by. And uh, he plays a what an entomologist would you say? Is that I what, guess is that what it's called? Bug bug guy, bug guy, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Atherton, yeah. And and he is meeting up with a dude who already has a pretty bad fever, uh, who's going to accompany him as his photographer uh, for the session. Then they're they're trekking into the rainforest. We don't really know what they're doing. Actually, that's what's kind of smart about it. Right. Um, finally, they end up climbing down next to this beautiful waterfall in this big valley or basin or whatever and they he calls it a sinkhole yeah yeah they have to lower their equipment down they're able to go down but they are accompanied by this native guide who won't the native guide (laughs) yeah he won't go with them he he points them in the right direction but he says i'm not going any further that's crazy Um, yeah (laughs) yeah. because he knows something (laughs) he won't tell them but he knows (laughs) well i got the impression that maybe atherton knew like Uh, i I he was specifically looking i think for new species um and i can only imagine that he must have known well because they even say that they make a point when they're in the helicopter on the way there a little ant crawls over the photographer's shorts and and 
Um, Aetherton flicks it off, and he's like, 24-hour ant. They bite. They kill Mr. Manley in sufficient numbers. So do some of the frogs. Don't touch any. Great. So they make a, a point of the fact, and of course this is true, yeah. you know, that um, a lot of these animals have defense mechanisms that are potentially dangerous or or deadly to humans and so then you know when the when the guide won't go down into the sinkhole we know there could be some nasties uh, down there and of course there are that's the whole premise of the movie yeah they get down to the bottom and there's a giant tree and uh, aetherton sets up a kind of little fogger at the bottom of the tree and then a whole bunch of just catch basins, I guess, that, that empty out yeah. into jars to catch whatever falls from the tree. So whatever falls from the tree is going to die, and then he's going to collect it. It actually seems like he's more interested in butterflies than anything else. Am, am I wrong that, about this? Yeah, well, when when things start falling, um, that's what seems to fall first are these butterflies, and they, they drift down like leaves. It's actually kind of beautiful i i don't know i imagine this was cgi but it looks good but then some larger things um start plopping down too and they hear something loud plop into one of those catch basins yep and it's a great big giant nasty spider that would scare the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) like like just knowing like i'm not particularly scared of spiders like i'm not frightened of them i'm not afraid that they're going to hurt me i just find them creepy and gross and I don't want them around but um, yeah these great big ones and they used different spiders I think for the big ones they used a species of bird eating tarantulas (laughs) And, and they're big I mean it's cute because like these spiders they're dead or they think they are Aetherton says oh yeah you know anything that got hit by that gas is going to be dead but then one of these big spiders jumps onto the lens of uh the photographer's camera and they're not dead so they find another live one as well and capture it i think but there's also just cute stuff going on like you see this giant spider like watching and you get pov shots like spider pov shots yeah um of it kind of crawling around and watching them and following them and eventually it jumps uh onto their gear and crawls into one of the knapsacks like i said i i'm i'm not being sarcastic they really did go to great lengths to ensure the safety of these spiders and something that i read that i had no idea is that the truth of the matter is that spiders have exoskeletons and they can only get so large because if they got any larger, their bodies would not be able, they'd collapse under their own weight. Um, oh. And they said that if these spiders really fell from the height of this tree, that upon impact, they would shatter. Um, oh, wow. Their exoskeletons would shatter. I didn't know that at all. I didn't realize that either. Later on, they end up calling it the general, the general spider. But yeah. there's this one giant spider. And they don't really show it. You get images of its legs, like, creeping around or over something. But you don't really get full body yeah. shots of it, which I think is kind of smart. Because it implies the size without it looking silly it it create like you said i mean with these being practical effects it keeps it from looking silly 
because it's obviously some kind of mechanical legs that are there, you know, somebody's right. moving around. But at the same respect, it is taking a, a cue from Jaws, you know, where where you yeah, don't you don't show the, the fin. Yeah, you don't show it too much. Wait, wait till the the end when you know it's going to be full on, you know, attacking somebody when you see it. But is it earlier on that we do get to see close up of the spider's eyes, or does that only happen later? I feel no, like no, there's... no, it does. It happens. Yeah, in the, in it, the jungle, huh? it, there's like a in your face like shot close up of the spider's like four big black eyes, and you can see the scene reflected in his eyes, uh-huh. like he's. I love he, that. He's looking on at them. It's it's also kind of funny though. You know what I mean? It's, it is. Yeah. Not not in a goofy way, just in a. In a silly, kind of funny movie way. Right, like the spider is watching them. <laughs> it, it is funny. Um, and and like I said, like it seems like the size is implied. Like I, I guess that these, you know, there are these huntsman spiders that can have a leg span of like eight inches. So we're talking about like the size of an adult man's hand. Mm-hmm. And that's, ugh. Man, I hope I never see one. <laughs> well, they they um they go back to their camp. Atherton is examining the 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 dead specimens that they have, and he makes a point of note of saying that these are odd because they don't have sex organs, which must mean that much like that these. much like ants that are certain kinds of you know ants that kind of arrange themselves in an army and have a hive right. sort of mentality maybe these are a new species of spider that does that as well they're laborers like soldiers that kind of thing so, and and then the male is apparently fertile right so yeah. the nature photographer who still has a fever crawls into his uh his bed uh, in the tent by himself and then, of course, it's just this classic everybody's nightmare, right? <laughs> you see the... It's so cool. Actually, I love what they do with this movie. It's so classic. It's silly, but it's also kind of... I think if you... Especially if you have a fear of spiders, it's it's pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. Where the, the shadow of the spider is like... Is on the outside of the tent, you know? You see mm-hmm. it, You see its legs... It's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of like Nosferatu. Yes. Like, I love that. <laughs> and it creeps in and it gets under his blanket. And then I was also getting... Getting shades of like something wicked this way comes when they're in the bed and the, you see the, yep, the, yep. the bed covers move because the spider's under it and he's trying to sleep and he's kind of tossing and turning and then he reaches down and of course the spider just takes a huge bite close up actually right of the quick of the spider's fangs going into his hand and I think there's even a little bit of blood there just for a flash but man it sure seems pretty bad and then he seizes up instantly which mm. I think is a thing that can actually happen. I think there are toxins that are like neuro, you know, muscular. Yeah. You know, these spiders, they work on smaller animals because the animals are smaller. It actually works on them. I think similar spiders, you know, they don't have enough quantity of this this nerve agent or whatever in their venom to have much of an effect on humans. But I think there are snakes that can have a venom that has a this sort of effect instantly on a, on a human, where as soon as it bites yes. and that venom gets in you, you seize up and you just paralyze and then he just keels over dead with little blood trickling out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Now, the the funny thing is, is because, you know, he had his fever and all that, they were not, it's not entirely unusual that he suddenly passed away. They knew he was sick when he came, so they're not looking for, like, spider bites or anything like that. They just package him up in a coffin, and they trek it across the the way to a big boat to bring him back, but not before that spider, <laughs> the all-knowing spider, decides to hitch a ride by crawling right. into a hole in the side of it and uh, it and hitches a ride back to the US with him. 
Hence the movie begins. The spider gets from the sinkhole in the wilds of the rainforest into Canaima, California. Yeah, this small town. Um, it looks like a southern town, but I, yeah, I guess it's in uh California. But you know, it, it's it's convenient for the movie. You know, the spider hitches a ride and it has a, a, an entire food source. And and yeah. when the body when the body arrives, the coroner who I didn't even write down the guy's name, but again, you would totally recognize him. Yeah. Character actor. Oh, Irv Irv Kendall. I remember him the most as the guy who owns the what in the original Total Recall. Uh huh. He's the guy who like owns the Total Recall company. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but a character actor, cute guy, mm-hmm. and he's funny in this movie. He's the coroner, and he's all the time in the morgue, and he's always like eating like, uh, <laughs> around these dead bodies. <laughs> Which, if you were a coroner, probably you'd be used to that kind of thing. But it's a funny sight gag. Yeah. Um. But but we see him open the crate that the body's in, and then he immediately calls somebody. And is like, um, I know we already agreed on an open casket, but we may need to reconsider. <laughs> And then they show us the body, and it has been completely drained of all blood. Like, it just looks shriveled and like a prune and yeah. disgusting. And the, and the the big spider, I was calling it Mama for the whole first part of the movie, because <laughs> I assumed it was a female, but it's not. It's a male. Yeah. But it, it crawls out, and it's crawling around, and like... There's a dog and a cat both in there, like a pet, like little cute pet dog and cat. And they're both scared of the spider and they both run, run out of the doggy door and the spider like lumbers out right behind them. It's cute stuff. It is cute. And then it gets the, the spider gets picked up and carried off by a raven and it gets carried. You know, the raven <laughs> is flying above this small farm and it, you just hear the raven squawk, and then it just drops out of the sky. <laughs> like, the spider bit it midair, and it just drops out like, of the sky. Like a rock. It's hilarious. Yeah. I love that. That was so funny. And but then It's the, really funny. One of the charming things about this movie, too, the, the tense things and also kind of goofy things, is that they set up all these really near-miss moments, you know, where a person's mm-hmm. almost going to have an encounter with the spider. They're almost going to put their hand on it, or the spider almost reaches them, and at the last minute... Minute they they stand up or, or something like that and one of the bits here is that uh, our protagonist uh, his name is uh, Ross Jennings who has just come into town with his family a family physician who's moved uh, from a big city uh, and they've decided to come here and take over the practice of a doctor who was planning on retiring and he is played by uh, Jeff, Daniels. Jeff Daniels yeah and his wife is played by Harley Jane Kozak now what do I know her from I don't know. I didn't recognize her, and I don't think that I clicked on her profile. Well, let's fix that right now, because I know I've seen her in other stuff. I just can't remember what. Oh, she's in Parenthood? Oh, yeah. She was in Who and Harry She kind of had, like, a Holly Hunter kind of vibe about her. Dude. I liked her. Apparently, in 2015, she was on I Spit on Your Grave, Vengeance is Mine. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold it against her. Um... I will also say she was in Guiding Light and Texas, a TV series. I'm looking for another soap uh, connection here for you. Yeah. Santa Barbara. Isn't Santa Barbara a soap? I think it may have been a nighttime soap. I don't know. I don't remember. But she's great. She plays, you know, the great 
mom role. I mean, she just seems very much like a wife and mother and, but she's also self-sufficient. You know, she's a professional photographer and apparently has had a lot of success. But like you said, she quit her job to move with her husband to this small town to escape the city life. They, mm-hmm. they wanted to get away from all of the fast paced city stuff and kind of, you know, appreciate the slower pace of the small town. And Ross <laughs> is a wine enthusiast and like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cute. It's one of those things, you know, like they think they're going to move from the city and he's going to have a wine cellar and they're going to have this slow pace thing. And, and of course <laughs> we know that this great big general spider is on their property. They send the kids inside to start unpacking and, and one of the kids runs out. What's wrong? It's a spider. A spider? Okay. It came at me. It was ugly. Bigger than this. Okay, all right, calm down. Just, you're in the country now. Okay? Come on, let's go find that spider. Let's find your mom to take care of that spider. Honey, we're in the living room. We need you to kill a spider. (laughs) (laughs) Which is adorable. Um, But she comes in and she finds this little house spider. And she doesn't want to kill it. And I know... You know, I admire people who have the patience to, you know, capture <laughs> these spiders and take them out and release them, which is really probably the kind and altruistic thing to do. I just am too impatient. It's much quicker to just smash them. But um, <laughs> so, so her kids are there and they don't want her to kill it. And so they take it out to the barn and say, well, it can make its home in the barn. But we see that the big mamma jamma spider is there too. Uh Um, And I thought that this, it was super cute. Uh, It's nighttime and Jeff Daniels like comes on to his wife and she's like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. And he's like, well, it's bad luck not to make love in (laughs) the first night in a new house. Um, And there's, you know, it's cute and they start kissing or whatever. And so then it's implied that they are, you know, making love in their new house. And then we see a very romantic, tender moment between the giant spider and the little house spider that they released into the (laughs) barn. It's so cute. Like, it's like backlit by the moon and they're like gingerly, like they're face to face and they're like gingerly touching one another with their legs. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. It's funny. The movie is not like slapstick laugh out loud funny but just cute little clever stuff like that Mm -hmm. and and also conversely it's not nightmarishly scary correct but there are those moments like you mentioned where the spider is approaching somebody's foot or i don't know you know the spider is just lingering and of course people are completely unaware that that it's even there and and there are so many close encounters that it just it it makes you tense up like it's (laughs) you're just like "Ah!" Uh, and then sometimes it gets them and sometimes it doesn't but it, it it does a really good job of building that tension um, and kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat. Um, it just works. It's, but it works really well. But like you said, you could watch this, it, you know, obviously depending on their 
sensibilities. You could watch this with your kids. Yeah. Um, it's a fun. Well, it, it's creepy. You know, it, it's creepier more than it's like, ah, scary, right? Because nobody right, wants right. a spider on them, you know, whether you're deathly afraid of them or not. And so those near or, or like, you know, to have one in the popcorn bowl and then suddenly you put your hand on it and it might end up in your mouth. That's really gross. Right. Well, and it's it's all the things, too, that you're afraid like there's a spider in your shoe mm-hmm. or there's a spider in the lampshade. Like these yeah. are all things that could and do happen. And it just so happens. So, uh, so what happens is, and it happens very quickly. I mean, the reproductive process for these spiders must be amazing because <laughs> the big poisonous spider mates with this presumably benign spider, but they produce offspring, which they show like the very next day. Um, the wife crawls up into, she's just going around taking pictures and she crawls up into the barn and there's an enormous spider web. Mm. And she takes pictures of it and she makes her husband come out to look at it like kind of as therapy. And that's when he tells the story about how he has this memory of like before he was even two years old, he was just in his crib in a diaper. I can still feel a feeling of waking up, just drowsy, peaceful, secure. And then there it was. Probably just a daddy long legs. Yeah, well, it seemed huge. And it just came relentlessly, just crawling through the bars of the crib. And then as it touched my bare leg. I know, you were just wearing a diaper. All of my limbs involuntarily froze, just froze. You're probably still half asleep is all. I was paralyzed, Molly. I still get paralyzed, okay? Just please try to understand how this makes me feel. But she says, well, come look at the web, like, for therapeutic reasons, because... (laughs) You know, I, I know you're scared, but I want you to see it and appreciate the, beauty. the natural beauty of it yeah. because it really is beautiful. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Like I have, uh, you know, I live in Midwest in America. I know there are spiders everywhere, but we have, I went out onto my back porch one evening and I turned on the light and the light illuminated this enormous spider web that this a spider had built. It had to have been within a measure of hours because I had been out there not too long before and they are they nature can do some pretty amazing things and uh spider webs if i get if i walk into one i'm not in my face i'm not going to take the time to appreciate its beauty but if you happen (laughs) if you happen to see one you know undisturbed Mm. it's covered in morning dew you know yeah (laughs) they're gorgeous but seriously they really are it's 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 pretty amazing it's a miracle of nature let's just take a moment to appreciate the miracle of nature that this little animal like spins this crap out of its belly and just instinctively knows how to weave this beautiful net Uh it's pretty crazy and and they managed to do it uh if you watch them at work doing it it's utterly fascinating you could be lost in youtube for hours doing it yeah yeah Oh my God, they are are lightning fast. It is crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, when he crawls up there and sees it, he falls off the ladder because like a rung breaks, but when the rung breaks, it releases part of the web that swings into his face and there's like a mouse or a rat suspended in the web, partially eaten, (laughs) which would have given me pause. Yes. (laughs) Wait a second. What the hell kind of spiders do we have up here? (laughs) Um, Right. (laughs) But 
they just kind of laugh it off and go away. But the camera slowly creeps around a beam, and we see the egg sack, and it's like pulsating. It's huge. Pulsing. It's pulsating. <laughs> and, uh, and it's already hatching. We yeah. already see the little spiders coming out of it. And basically, from that point on, now it's gradual, to be fair, but from that point on, those spiders are just everywhere they're they're everywhere and they could be anywhere they're everywhere in the town there's not a place there isn't one of these spiders well he has this uh, this uh, and i loved this other character too this douchey doctor sam metcalf the elderly doctor who he had made an agreement with to come and take over his practice as soon as he gets to town and starts to settle in says ah you know what i just don't think i'm going to retire after all (laughs) That is such a dick move. What a dick. (laughs) I just uprooted my entire family and you're like, ah, never mind. Like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even care. I know. At some point, Ross is talking. He he has to break the news to his wife. Mm. She's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And and he's like, I don't know, kill him? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's old. You know, nobody would probably suspect. Could be done. Anyway, but you're right. You are going to talk about the introduction of Miss Hollins, who, aside from John Goodman, is probably my favorite character in this movie. She's so cute. And you know what? This, adorable. This is almost, I mean... Maybe you just have to live in a place like this to appreciate. This kind of stuff does indeed happen in the smaller towns of the United States. Midwestern, small towns where people are just ultra friendly to each other. And she sees what's going on and she just bumps into him and she's like, oh, so you're the new doctor in town. You know, why don't I be your first patient? And she's like, you know, the best thing you could do is you could do exactly with what Sam did when he moved into town. Throw yourself a big party and invite everybody and get to know him. And if Sam was half as good at being a doctor as he is at PR, you know, he'd be the best doctor in the world, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, she becomes his first patient, and one of the first things he does is sees that she's taking these pills that she doesn't really need for her heart, Um, because the kind of heart issue that she has is different from what she needs those pills for. But otherwise, almost to his dismay, she is the healthiest person you could possibly imagine, is what he says, and he tells his wife that, and that's a joke, too. It's, you know, it's kind of funny. But she goes home. And is reaching over for the light, and again, in one of these. Well, but but first, she does. She throws him. She throws him the party. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and 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 this was ultimately it. Kind of really doesn't go anywhere. But I thought that the scene did a really good job of introducing us to the townspeople. Yes, yes, it did. And and the townspeople are. We don't really get to spend much time with any of them, but they seem like three-dimensional characters yeah like they they all have real personalities and and real things going on in their lives like one of them is mrs metcalf who was the mother of the photographer who had died Mm -hmm. from the spider bite and she's really struggling with it and so she's drinking too much and she's kind of breaking down and her husband and some of the other people have to kind of you know, take care of her and calm her down, which was yeah. really kind of heartbreaking. I mean, we only see this woman for like five seconds, but my heart went out to her. Yeah. I felt so bad for her. 
And, you know, Herb the Mortician is there, and his wife, I didn't write down the actress's name, but I remember her from the Drew Carey show. She was Mimi from the Drew Carey show, mm. and she always wore, the you know, like crazy blue eyeshadow, and she's a heavier woman, and she always wore like these huge moomoos, and she was hilarious, and uh, she's cute in this too. She doesn't play much of a role. But we see that the, the spiders are on the move. And after the party, after everybody has gone home, Mrs. Hollins, um, in her big, gorgeous house, um, sits down. And I don't know if they were doing this intentionally or if it was just inherent in the style. I don't know. But, like, just little things. Mrs. Hollins, who I already really like, she's older, she's beautiful, she's spunky, she's a widow, she sits down and she glances over at the end table and there's a picture presumably of her husband mm. and she smiles and she picks it up and she says something like we all missed you today you know if you had been here you would have drank too much and you would have been the life of the party and yeah. it's just so sweet it was sweet and she put and she puts down the picture and of course we see the silhouette of the spider in the lampshade but she reaches up to pull the cord of the lampshade and the spider drops onto her hand and bites her and she screams yeah the next morning the the wife is trying to call her to thank her but uh she's not answering so she sends ross over to check on her and ross of course finds her and she's dead i mean this is kind of I mean, obviously, one complication was that he was supposed to be the new town doctor, and now the old doctor is not retiring. But now, he's only had one patient, and she has mysteriously dropped dead. Yeah, after taking her off her pills, which the other doctor right. put her on, so then that doctor becomes extra douchey. <laughs> right. And pretty much blames him. Yeah, blames him and and gets gossipy about it, you know, and doesn't hesitate to... Right, and won't allow an autopsy. And again, this is small town BS, you know, like, really, she was Ross's patient. He should be the one to make the call. But the local town doctor says, absolutely not. You're not going to start chopping up my patients. She wouldn't want that. And the douchey local sheriff is like, well, if it's good enough for Dr. Metcalf, it's good enough for me. Yes. <laughs> so they don't do an autopsy, um, which if they would have, could have potentially prevented some of the future things going on. Well, but and it's all kind of BS too, really, because then he's like, and I think I might ha- I might see that, you know, you're sued for malpractice. Well, guess what? If he's going to be sued for malpractice, I'll bet there's going to have to be an autopsy involved in that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but still, anyway, there's a, you know, there's a funeral and it's, you know, that sucks. But then at the end of the funeral, one of the guys who we had previously seen the in the party, coach. who's, yeah, uh, his name is Peter Jason, right? This is the actor's name. I don't name? know. He's been in everything, like every movie. Every movie that needs a drill sergeant or a big beefy guy, he's in it. He's he's like the parent of a kid on the football team or something. He's like, hey, you know, uh, sorry that that happened, but uh, I'll give you some business too. Super nice people. All he does is uh, he does their physicals. He goes to. Th- he, he goes to the locker room and there's a funny scene where Jeff Daniels just walks down this line of naked boys like, <laughs> and, they, and he, he stops in front of each one. And of course, it's shot from behind the boys, shoulders up just on Jeff Daniels face. And like he just has the look on his face like, oh, my God, this is my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like just holding like 
30 pairs of testicles in succession <laughs> turn your right. head and cough it's it's hilarious but then i suppose as long as he's there he's gonna go out and just kind of watch the football practice mm-hmm. and one of the boys gets called onto the field and we see a uh, spider crawl into his helmet right before he puts it on just as he is uh, catching the ball um, we see a look on his face um, that obviously he's been bitten and he's tackled. And when all the other guys get up off of him, he doesn't move. And so everybody's worried and runs towards him and Jeff Daniels runs down and, and he's dead. Yeah. At this point, like, again, this is real small town stuff. Jeff Daniels comes home and his kids are sitting on the porch. His wife may be there too, I don't remember. But his kids are obviously upset. And they say, you know, people in town are are calling you Dr. Death because every time he examines somebody, (laughs) they they die. die. (laughs) And uh, and and the son says, and and they say you want to chop people up. (laughs) And, you know, like that's such it's such kid stuff. Real. It is. But it's Mm -hmm. so real. Like because and, and and it's real that um Ross explains it in the best kind of way you know yes you know you do have to sometimes do this unpleasant thing but it's so that we can really find out what happened and Mm -hmm. but i like those little real moments you know mrs hollis talking to her husband in the picture this real moment of a father having to explain some you know arguably unpleasant realities of life life to his kids it's got heart it's a good movie it does and you know what's interesting is that even though these kind of like awful things are happening people are dying it's still pretty breezy Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. you know nobody shows up at his house with pitchforks he's not freaking out he still kind of knows like all right you know this is a terrible kind of coincidence of what's going on here but whatever and and he's just explaining things to his kids as things are happening you know, maybe as his nickname, but it doesn't prevent people from going to visit him, especially right, when because, the next yeah. the next scene is is at Doctor Metcalf's place. Doctor Metcalf is on his um, treadmill, um, talking to his wife and kind of trash talking Ross. Um, but then he gets off. We see a spider crawl into his slipper, and um, he puts his slippers on, and he gets bit, and he immediately starts to have a seizure. But being a doctor. A bad one, but a doctor nonetheless. He realizes that he's go- beginning to have a seizure. And his wife, who's adorable and you've seen in a million things, says, what should I do? And he says, call Dr. Jennings. Um, so she does. But by the time Jennings gets there, he's already dead. But the good thing about this is now Ross is in charge. And yeah. so he can call for an autopsy of... Uh, Metcalf, which he does. And they find that he is like highly infected with this extreme toxin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> they exhume the other bodies. Yeah. Against the objections of the dumb sheriff, they exhume the other bodies and all of them have spider bites. Yep. Um, so they know something's going on. And so Ross, I guess, 
prints out like a Google search of spider experts. No, there was no Google <laughs> in 1990, my man. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, okay, fine. A library list? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he's got a whole list of like experts. And like he scrolls with his finger up from the bottom and was like, Oh, let's just go with the one on the top. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it happens to be Dr. Abernathy. And so he calls him. He's like, I'm pretty sure we've got some killer spiders. And Abernathy's like, yeah, probably not. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, black widows can potentially be deadly, but people hardly ever die. And so he sends, he doesn't go right away. He sends like one of his interns or something, this kid named Chris, Mm-hmm. Um, played by Brian McNamara, who, again, you've seen everywhere. Yep. And and so they start looking around um, for spiders. The dumbass sheriff finds a dead one. And there's talk about how, like, usually at this time of year, there's tons of crickets, but they they haven't been hearing any lately. So, okay, all right, we get it. There's lots of spiders. <laughs> um, the, fo- the football coach... And at this point, really, the spiders are everywhere. Like, any... Like, uh, at the football coach's house, the daughter is taking a shower and there's a spider stalking her. The dad goes to take a dump and there's a spider crawling in the toilet. Like, just <laughs> it, at any, you know, at any moment, somebody could get bit. And, and the spider actually does jump on the daughter and like kind of crawls its way or slides its way down between her breasts. Yeah. But she notices it and flicks it off and it goes down the drain. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about John Goodman. <laughs> Has he even sh- Oh yeah, that's right. Cuz he only he showed up for that one scene. Um the Ross found out that all the wood in his wine cellar was rotten, so he suspected termites. So they called in John Goodman. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what his name was. Delbert McClintlock or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Delbert. So, and he just comes up and he lumbers out. And in some respects, he's also playing John Goodman, blue collar kind of guy who just it seems a little off in space, but definitely knows what he's talking about and speaks in these matter of fact tones. And I just loved him to death. Like the minute you see him, he's you great. just he's just funny. Very much, huh? And that's what my husband thought. And he's an expert in these matters. Well, no. Didn't think so. But I'm glad you called me. No room for amateurs in this game. What is it? It's hard to say. Would anybody object if I tore this floor out? I would. False alarm, then lead on. I guess... Steven Spielberg agreed to executive produce this on the contingency that John Goodman was cast in this role. <laughs> and uh, Frank Marshall had worked with John Goodman, too, and was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, well, that's <laughs> perfectly fine. Let's do um, it. And it's great. Like he does. He he brings in some not much needed, but much appreciated levity. Like yes. he comes in and it's just comedy. Yes. Um, it's hilarious. And then he ends up, you know, you said that it it has a lot of um, parallels to Jaws. He's kind of the quint of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's he's the guy that you go to if you need to kill a shark. Or in this case, <laughs> you need to kill a spider. Right. Um, and he's super confident. Like, he just thinks he's, like, the best exterminator ever. And he's got all these, like 
<laughs> non-fail, like foolproof chemicals and stuff. We, and, I remember uh, later on he brings in his personal supply, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like, and it's like acid. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so funny in this movie. And the other thing I like about it, though, is that he's actually is pretty smart. Like he ends up knowing what he's talking about because oh yeah, first Chris and Ross, I think, go over to um, the woman's house to see if they can find the the first lady who was killed. Her her house to see if they can find a spy. And there's a whole thing where they end up do they do end up finding a spider in one of the cereal boxes and they capture it. So that kind of confirms their suspicions. And so Atherton ends up coming down. And so you have John Goodman's, you know, very working class character as an exterminator being played against Atherton's very almost nose in the air snobbery ivory tower mm-hmm. type professor character, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he doesn't come across as a jerk. He just is very, you know, has that very educated way of speaking and, and very yeah. precise. And they're all in the car together, I think, and they're talking about where are they going to find the nest because there's the spider must have some nest somewhere. At, at some point, somebody lays out... Um, yeah, kind of like well, the specifics. Well, Ross, Ross, yeah, Ross puts together that this, the killer spider must have hitchhiked with the body and abernathy's like oh um so they examine the specimen they find out that it you know is very venomous it has like three venom sacs whereas most only have one and it has no sex organs um so they know that it must be that type of spider and i think chris explains that i i think of it like bees that have a queen you know Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's a male. Um, there's one male, and they say that the male must have mated with a common spider and produced a queen and is now has mated with that queen. And eventually, she will create reproductive offspring. But for now, because there's only the one male and the one female that can reproduce, there's got to be like a home base, yeah. a nest. And so they've got to find it, and they've got to kill both the male and the the female. Yes, that's when they pull out the yes, map. Yes, and they're like, okay, let's they, let's coordinate. Let's see where did all these bites, these attacks happen, and what's right at the dead center of it, of course, is Jennings' house. So they all hop in the car and they're heading to Jennings' house. And I think it's cool. I'm not sure actually if it's if it's the professor or his assistant who says, yeah, you know, this 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 spider is going to be in this kind of place. It's going to be dark and whatever and musty. Right. And we already know, we know where it is. Yeah. Because we've seen the spider crawl into this, the wine cellar. Yeah. But Ross is like, it's been in my garage the whole time. There's been a, a huge spider web up there. And at this point, Dilbert, Delbert speaks up says, ah, I don't think your average spider is going to find that barn. It's going to be a little too drafty for him this time of year. It's probably not going to be there. And, you know, they kind of look over at him like, well, I'm sorry, dude, but it's there. Like, you should have seen this web and, you know, you're an idiot. He turns out to be right. It's funny because <laughs> I don't know that I would have noticed this, but uh, if I weren't, you know, paying really close attention for the podcast, but the spider makes its nest in the barn. And then we meet Mrs. Hollis and Mrs. Hollis says, I want to throw you a party, but let's wait a couple of weeks until it gets a little bit cooler. Oh. So that amount of time has passed. So yeah, maybe the... The guy, the exterminator guy, is right. The The spider moved because the seasons are changing. Mm-hmm. So it moved to a more temperate place. It makes sense. Wow. 
It's a smart script. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, this, you know, leads up to the final confrontation, which is great. You know, Chris and Ross end up at the house and they're, you know, of course, they know that there are spiders everywhere. So they're being very cautious. But the family is inside completely oblivious. (laughs) And so Ross and Chris come in. And just at that moment. I guess the spiders decide to make their move. Just (laughs) suddenly there are spiders everywhere everywhere. and they're coming out from everywhere and they're on the walls and they're falling down and and they're they're suspended from threads. And he's like, you know, carefully moving around them and they go to the front door, but it's already covered. And they're like, we got to go upstairs. We get outside through the roof or something. And they go up and they end up in the bathroom and there's spiders crawling out of the sink drain in there. I mean, it's just your nightmare if you hate spiders. And they, right, and they get the family out, but then when uh, Ross goes to get out, like, this whole army of spiders descends on their silk. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just really well done. And I, I was on the edge of my seat. Yes. Like, I, like, I had, my skin was crawling just thinking about it. <laughs> um, and, you know, it would be, it's nightmarish enough just to be surrounded by that many spiders, that's disgusting. But knowing that a single bite will kill you instantly. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of threat there. Mm-hmm. And he ends up, I don't know if he falls over a banister or what, yes. but it's been established that the wood in the cellar is rotten. So he crashes right through the floor into the cellar and he notices, he's like, wait, there's a musty smell. And the others, the, the spiders are not coming down there. And the scientist had said there will not be any spiders other than the queen in the nest because spiders are cannibalistic and the queen will be guarding her nest, you know, against all the other spiders. So he knows she must be down there and she is and she kind of aggressively comes towards him. I don't, I don't remember how it all goes down. It, it's fun. And I eventually he swats at it with like a pipe or a machete or something. And he hits it, but then he doesn't know where it is. And it turns out it's still on whatever he hit it with. But then he throws it and it hits uh, like the fuse box and it gets fried in the fuse box. Mm-hmm. But then Big Daddy appears <laughs> and he has to battle it too. And I guess this scene took days and days to shoot. And for most of it, Jeff Daniels was <laughs> pinned underneath one of the racks of the wine cellar that had, that falls on him at some point. Mm-hmm. And the spider keeps coming towards him and they're using a live spider, which I love for the most part. Now, again, they were very careful with these spiders, but Jeff Daniels, you know, this wine cellar, he treasures this wine. It's all very expensive and he has to throw these wine bottles at the spider. Um, but I guess he had to be really careful to make sure that he didn't really throw it anywhere near the spider. Mm-hmm. He had to miss it by three or four feet every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you but, imagine? Uh, <laughs> I don't even no, for da- doing that for days. No, I, I can't <laughs> imagine. And and like I feel like the house is burning around them. Yeah. And, 
something something happened. I think it was because of the uh, the electrical short in the wall. Yeah, the the house. Well, and then all the alcohol. Yeah, or on the floor <laughs> and, and stuff. He's picking up bottles at one point, throwing them at the spider. He picks up the bottle of the chateau or whatever that they had. He's like, "Oh, not the chateau!" And he sets it aside and picks up another one. <laughs> Because they had made a big deal out of this particular wine being the most expensive that he had had earlier. Oh, and then he chases, yeah, and then he chases it around with an aerosol can flamethrower, yes. which is a great scene. And the spider is super crafty, like, yeah. <laughs> like it will scurry out, but then it'll hide behind something when Daniels is uh, using the flamethrower, and then as soon as the flame goes off, it'll scurry again, Ugh. and then hide behind something else, and then it ends up in one of the you know floor to ceiling wine racks, and Ross is just you know shooting the flamethrower at random in there, and you get another one of those shots of close up shots of the spider's eyes watching, and you see the flames reflected in its eyes. Ugh. It just looks great. Eventually, he hears it running around in a pipe, like a, yeah. a ventilation pipe, I think. And the pipe is open at one end. And so he positions himself there. And I was like, dude, just shoot your flamethrower in there. Like, yes. what is wrong with you? Like, he's waiting for it to, like, show itself. Uh -huh. But instead, it jumps out on his face and he falls to the ground, and there's like a reenactment of his two-year-old memory of the spider, you know, just crawling up his body. Um, Slowly. But he ends up, yeah. <laughs> Another couple great close-up shots of the spider's eyes with the flames flickering in them as he's crawling mm -hmm. towards him. And this spider is, I think, mechanical, and um, I think it bears mentioning <laughs> That uh, Jamie Heineman, uh, who's one of the Mythbusters, uh -huh. he did Hollywood special effects for a while, maybe still does. And this was one of his very first jobs was the mechanical spiders on this. And he said it was just kind of more or less simple magnets and things that they used to move them around with. So it looks really good, though. It does. It looks, it looks really great. good. Yeah. Spiders, spiders themselves, they can't train them. So they actually had to use all these tricks and things like... Uh, vibrating wires that they knew the spiders wouldn't cross or little chemicals or something they would spray like down pledge it was pledge. just lemon pledge mm -hmm. they wouldn't any surface that had lemon pledge on it they wouldn't walk on so they could kind of make paths for them and they're really sensitive to hot and cold and so they were using that to kind of draw the spiders to different areas really interesting stuff it's, it's a really great yeah. feat actually putting this movie together with live spiders nowadays it would all be done in cgi yep you know yep and you would be able to tell, as yeah. good as it looks, yeah. you would be able to tell. And knowing that these are real spiders just, it raises the stakes. It really does. Um, yeah. And it, it looks great. He ends up launching the Big Daddy spider. Like, he waits for it to crawl onto a piece of wood that's laying over his leg. And when it does, he hits the piece of wood and it launches the spider into the fire but then and so he thinks it's dead <laughs> then he's focused on the egg sack but the then there's a the spider the flaming spider attacks him um and he ends <laughs> up so funny he ends up shooting like it jumps at him and he points the nail gun at it and shoots the nail gun and the nail goes through the spider and launches the flaming spider into the egg sack now this is a they do this in movies all the time, but it makes me kind of irritated every time. That is not how nail guns work. Like, 
nail guns do not just shoot like guns. Yes. Like you have to push in that part. It won't fire until that thing on the end is pushed in. That's right. But whatever. It looks great. So <laughs> his aim is true. Right. And uh, then, you know, I don't know, they talk about how now that the mom and dad are dead, any ones that remain because they have this short lifespan, they'll die in a couple of days. They just have to be careful until then or whatever. (laughs) And then it cuts to a sweeping shot of the San Francisco Bay. Um, (laughs) And I left my heart in San Francisco is playing and... Um, we see that the family has re- relocated back to the back city, to which I think is back so to the funny. City, where it's quieter. <laughs> uh, where it's quieter, and they're like, oh, thank God we don't have to worry about any of those horrible elements of nature. And and they're drinking that super expensive bottle of wine that he had, the mom and the dad. And just as they pour and are getting ready to toast – there's an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> the irony is is wonderful. So they, they're like, oh, we better go check on the kids. And so they put their glasses of wine down. And there's an aftershock which knocks over their glasses and the bottle of the wine. <laughs> so they end up losing. And that's where it ends. It's so funny. Um, it's, it is funny. It, it's a... It's a really good movie, and you're right. I don't know why it has fallen out of the conversation of pop culture right because uh, it's it's one of the better movies of the 90s you know especially genre movies yes um it's good it's it's really good and it has wide appeal wide appeal i feel like lots of people could watch and enjoy this movie even non-horror fans if you're a fan of comedy i think that you would enjoy this movie it's got really really good familiar actors in it it's well written it's beautifully shot the performances i can't imagine them being any better i just there's nothing that to criticize it's got it's tense kind of frightening but not like scare you to death moments but then it's also got lots of moments of levity and it's got humor and and heart i mean it just it it just knocks the ball out of the park pretty much and i don't get why it's not more i don't know i don't know why it doesn't get the love and attention that i think it deserves it was re-released later in 1996 you know we had on vhs and then it must have still been in the public consciousness for another six years i mean it came back to the theaters that doesn't happen that often so it just blows my mind i I don't i really don't know why it isn't either but hopefully with our podcast and our millions of listeners out there who hang on every word that we say (laughs) um, we will single-handedly um, boost the sales uh, and streaming of this of this movie. Well, and look, here we are saying, why aren't people talking about it? And we're almost 300 episodes in, and we haven't talked about yeah, it. Yeah, true. So, we've talked, we've we thought about it before, though. I, I think we brought it up we once have, or twice. We have, we have. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Rob, for mm. uh, suggesting it, because, frankly, it was about damn time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so th- thank you for reminding us. I completely agree. A light, breezy, fun horror movie that you can watch with your kids and family that just just a joy, very clever uh, from beginning to end, and a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can find us online. Just search Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast. 
And uh, if you want to make a request as well, you can find us on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our YouTube channel. Just uh, leave us a comment in one of those places. Let us know what you'd like us to review, and we'll have at it. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Ah.